Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Michael and Chauncey Show. Good evening, America. We had a technical difficulty tonight, so instead of starting at 7, our normal program, we're starting at 7.30. We still are going to go for an hour. Um, I'm Michael Blooming, Jr. I'm here with my co-host, Chauncey Brown III. We're so appreciative of the opportunities to be able to deliver conservative views and opinions through an uncensored platform. That's one of the best ways that we can work to provide resources to the American people so during this 2020 election year that they can make decisive decisions to get conservatives voted into political office at the federal level and also through state races that are going on throughout the year to ensure that our democracy is upheld and our Bill of Rights, which outlines our rights as Americans, are upheld. So with that, Chauncey, thank you so much for coming on the show. And as we've seen today with the, uh, the hearing in the Senate, we got a lot to talk about. we got two great guests with Amy Fan West and, and also Tim Faisenbaker. Uh, yes, we do, Michael. I want to say thank you again for co-hosting another show. And yes, we are bringing a platform to the American people that is uncensored directly from frontline candidates from across the country. Yes, it is a shame that our country is going through the Senate hearing right now as we're beginning to listening to opening arguments as they take turns on, on both sides. Um, it is a shame that Congress uh, wants the Senate to do their job now. It's almost, uh, it's not even comical anymore. It's sad on how Congress and the left has been abusing their power and have been obstructing <laughs> themselves and the American people. Um, but hopefully we will have uh, the hearings will be quick. The vote will be quick. It will be up and down based on the evidence that's presented by Congress, and hopefully they will not continue down a road of deep Yes, we have two. Uh, I dynamic agree 100%. No, I was just going to say that we do have two dynamic guests on the show today. We have Tim uh, Faisenbaker out of Maryland, and we have Amy Van West, uh, Van West out of uh, California, uh, who's going to shed a lot of light on what's going on in Maryland, California, and with their plans on uh, for the country. It's going to be an exciting show, and I'm really looking forward to it. <clears throat> Absolutely. We have a different format for tonight. Usually we have two different segments when we have candidates on or we have one long segment if we have one guest on. But tonight, because of the delay, we're going to have both candidates on together. So we're going to give a full hour to both of them to talk about their platform. And actually on this show, we have three candidates running for U.S. Congress in Maryland, in California, and with myself in Florida. So this should be a, a great information exchange. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. So with that, let me bring on uh, Tim Faison-Baker and Amy Van West. Thank you, Tim and Amy, for coming on. Hi, Michael. Thank you for having me on. My apologies, ladies. First, yeah, thank you guys for having me on. Uh, (laughs) Great to be on the program. It's great to be on a program with uh, patriots like yourself. Thank you, Amy. Absolutely. It's really important. I was just saying thank you. Hi, guys. Hi. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks ahead, for having me on I really appreciate that Great to have you 
Yeah, it's really great to have the platform, the Michael and Chauncey Show, to deliver uh, our message to the American people. Um, so why don't we start off with uh, Amy? Why don't you talk a little bit about your race, and then we'll let Tim talk about his race a little bit. Perfect, Michael. Um, my name is Amy Fan West. I'm running for Congress for the U.S. Congress for the 47th District here in California, which is from Westminster uh, all the way up to Long Beach. So if you're in that, those cities, uh, 12 cities, uh, make sure you vote for me in March 3rd, 2020 election. So you're on the ballot already. Is that correct, Amy? Correct. Uh, the Democrats in California have pushed uh, the uh, primary to March. So it's so convenient for them that in, uh, uh, on Thanksgiving and uh, Christmas and New Year, no one can campaign. Uh, you know what I mean? So they just conveniently push it before June this, this time around. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, we as Republicans will work harder, you know what I mean, to... Just make sure we're reaching the voters in in California. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Our 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 primary is down here in Florida is August, so that gives us less than 60 days. So we got the polar opposite because once you win the primary, and then you have like a little bit of time, and the Democrats have a have all this time to build up a war chest. So Tim, why don't exactly. you talk about your race a little bit? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tim, why don't you talk about your race up in Maryland? Yep. So Maryland District 2, it's gerrymandered in, a, in a, an extreme way. Um, we basically have parts of Baltimore City and four of the surrounding counties around Baltimore. It's, uh, it's been a dead blue lock for the past 18 years. However, there's been many people that have called this a potential flip this year for multiple reasons. Uh, our, our primary is April 28th, so coming up in three months. And it's, uh, it's very electric on the ground here. People can see that there's a tide changing. There's a lot of st- still those old blue dog Democrats that are still around that are moving to joining our campaign and our team because Dutch Ruppersberger, who I refer to as out of touch Dutch, he's been in public office for 42 years in some form, and I'm 41 years old, so longer than me, but he is moving so far to the left so far with Nancy Pelosi and the Clinton and the squad that he no longer represents those blue dog Democrats here anymore. So this is a, a, a strong possibility. We could flip this seat and help take it back to the House. No, I agree 100%. We need patriots in office, and we're up for the battle of our life right now. And so with that, um, well, Chauncey, why don't you uh, – we turn the mic over to you. And you fire off some questions, and uh, the three of us can answer. Maybe we can turn this into a little bit of information exchange from the candidates. And uh, if we had an opportunity to speak to the American people, we have three great candidates who will be able to deliver a clear message. Thank you, Michael, for the opportunity. Uh, I first want to mention, because I had an offline conversation with Amy about our reach, uh, I investigated the Michael and Chauncey show uh, reaches the whole United States of America, Alaska, and believe it or not, the Netherlands. So for all of our listeners, even the Netherlands, I want to say thank you for tuning into our show in Alaska and the rest of the country. Um, I guess I'll ask all of you the same question, and of course, we'll go ladies first and let uh, Amy uh, answer that question. We'll talk about some national issues. 
um, and we'll talk about. Uh, by the way, the, sorry, I'm yeah. going to interrupt. Uh, did you want sure. me to share a little bit about my backstory, so your audience uh, will know who I am? Oh, we thought that you, you you covered that when you uh, when Michael introduced you in the beginning. If you wanted to add something oh, more now, you yeah. Sure. If, yeah, know, if, um, if you don't mind, that'll be great. <laughs> Please, go ahead. Uh, so uh, the reason why I'm running for Congress is I see the push for socialism on the rise. Uh, the Democrat Party is pushing that. I escaped um, uh, Vietnam from a communist regime when I was four years old on a fishing boat. My dad, uh, before he left, he said, God, if you're real, protect my family from Vietnam to America safe, and I'll worship you. And so he hid our family underneath the fishing boat. My mom was six months pregnant with my younger sister. My uh, older sister, my two twin younger brothers, hid underneath the fishing boat. Whatever supply and water clothes on that we have, we ran out and and we uh, escaped Vietnam. And uh, my dad say, if we at least, you know, there's no hope, but if God is real, you know, he can save us, uh, save to America, and then we'll worship him. So, therefore, in three days, he ran out of fresh water. And thank God, by the grace of God, the oil tanker, the German oil tanker, took us in and gave us food and water. <coughs> Excuse me. And then they sent us over to Thailand refugee camp. And there we were uh, uh, seeking asylum for two years in Thailand. And then they sent us over to the Philippines for another six months. And thank God, you know, they flew us over to Huntington Beach, California, uh, California, and surround us, our Christian community that share the gospel to us. And we're so appreciative of the freedom we have here in America, the freedom to be successful, the freedom to uh, make a living, the freedom uh, to speak our minds, the freedom to worship. Yet in a communist regime, we don't have that freedom. Uh, so right now they're pushing for socialism. Socialism is bottom line is theft. I mean, I teach my three boys, you know, as a mother, I teach my three boys no stealing, right? And yet the government is stealing from its people, from taxation. It's uncontrollable in California right now. Uh, high tax, water tax, which they can implement in 2023. Uh, anybody spend uh, 55 gallon over, they get fined of $1,000 up to $10,000. I'm like, what the heck is going on? We do not have a water crisis. They're not capturing those water. As every year I go to the Sierra Mountain and the Yosemite, water are gushing out to the ocean, and yet they're not capturing the natural resources. And it's a shame that California leadership is the supermajority Democrat here, and this is what they're doing to our state, the beautiful golden state of California. And yet how can we even think or dream of raising our family here. People are leaving by the thousands uh, every week. Amy, and it's uh, insane. Amy, I want to say thank you for watching the role. We can get into the issues of the state of California later on in the show. I want to bring it back mm -hmm. to the question on a national level. And since you talked about your background in being an immigrant, my question is going to be about immigration, immigration reform. Uh, because mm -hmm. of the challenges you've had, Amy, with coming to this country, what do you bring to the table to, or what are your ideas on immigration reform uh, for the nation? You know, it's so broken. If Congress would just sit down for 45 minutes to vote, um, to allow the vetting process to 40 days, because it takes about 30 to 40 days to vet them correctly. 
uh, right now there's the law in, in the House of Congress that it only takes 20 days to vet. And then if you don't vet them correctly, you send them back uh, into the country. And then there's no way of identifying them and bring them back to finish the process. So therefore, the Democrat would not sit down to change that law because they need those uh, illegals vote. And so, you know, the Democrats don't care about the American citizens. They can care less. They care about their power to stay in control. They're going to keep those illegals. So what I'm saying is that if we can reform uh, immigration just by easily as voting to expand the vetting process to 40 days to make sure we're vetting them correctly. And then not only that, the Trump administration say right now with the border crisis and the illegals at the border, there's no way those who are seeking true asylum in China, Hong Kong, or Afghanistan, Christian, are getting raped and killed every day and slaughtered. Yet they cannot come here because of the crisis at the border. So they ask us, the best thing we can do is pray for those who are seeking asylum, that God would save them. Thank you. Uh, Tim? Yeah, so our immigration system is is broken by design. So a lot of us know that in, I think it was in the 60s, Senator Ted Kennedy back then and, and others really pushed to bring in people that wouldn't assimilate, that didn't necessarily have the exact ideals of what it meant to be an American. And th- what their purpose was was to bring in a, 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 a group of people, in a sense, that would basically overthrow America from within. Just as Nikita Khrushchev said, you know, we will defeat America from within. So these people are coming in here, and a lot of them are unchecked. And we see the crime. We see the burden that it puts on our resources, and it takes away those resources from American kids and veterans and American elderly. So what we need to do is have a merit-based immigration system. We need to bring in the best and the brightest because if we keep weakening our foundation – we're going to ha- we're going to crumble. We need to we need to attract the best and the brightest, bring those people in, stop the influx of people who don't want to assimilate to America and American mm-hmm. values. And if we if the wall helps and it represents that we are on the right path to do that. So we, we need to bring in those best and brightest to basically give back the resources first to American kids and American veterans and elderly, and then we can share our wealth. And our help and our experience with those in need around the world. But right now, we're by design destroying this country with our immigration system the way it is. Thank you, Amy and Tim. Uh, Michael. Yes, uh, I totally, uh, 100%, am in support of a merit based entry system, as Tim was just talking about. I think that's critical. So that we ensure that people that come here, first of all, they have the literacy to speak the language, they have the ability to contribute to society, and they're not a draw on society, and also that they're not part of a terrorist organization or they're involved in terrorism or want to commit domestic terrorism here in the United States of America. Um, One of the other things that's really important when it comes to immigration is supporting the president's initiative to build the border wall. Um, there was just additional funding that was allocated that was taking to, you know, finish the wall, and I think this is a great initiative. We also need to eliminate chain migration. I mean, this is one of the things that is really creating a lot of problems and a humanitarian crisis on the border, and we can't afford to allow that to happen 
when you have citizens who are in need, who are veterans, our senior citizens, our retirees who are faced with the homelessness and not having medication that they need or they can't pay their health care premiums and they don't have health care coverages. But meanwhile, we want to have open borders and give free health care to the 20 million plus illegals that are in this country. We can't afford to do that. So we have to have common sense immigration laws that when people come here, they're able to contribute and also to help the economy grow. Uh, thank you, Michael. And from your last few points, my next question is going to be a couple of things together, and, and you guys can unpackage it however you want. Um, America has seen a rise in homelessness, opioid, fentanyl crisis uh, challenges that veterans have gone through with getting help, mental health prescriptions, etc. What are your plans, Amy? on how you want to try to address the mental health crisis along with the drug addiction, the homelessness, and uh, packaged in there are, are the veterans, of course, as well. What are your ideas yeah. on you know, to Congress, uh, what you're going to do? You know, it, it's, it's so sad. It's super sad yeah. right now in California, the homeless crisis. In California, we house 50% of the homeless population here, and it's insanity. You know, no one's taking care of it. Our governor isn't even taking care of it. And not only that, you know, uh, my congressman, uh, the Democrat, Lowenthal, I call him lazy, lackluster Lowenthal, and he doesn't do anything. He's aiding. He's aiding the homeless population on the street. He's aiding fentanyl and opioids going through the port of Long Beach, which we have. And then not only that, he's aiding sex trafficking, human trafficking of our American children out the port of Long Beach. And yet recently I went to Hong Kong in support of our president and also the freedom fighter uh, of the Hong Kong people over there. And, uh, you know, also get intel on the port of Long Beach. And, um, and Lowenthal, you know, all he wants to do is sell our port to China, the Chinese. And, I, I mean, we cannot have the Chinese by any port of our Long Beach. We have national security, which we have the port of Long Beach, the largest port on the Pacific coast. We have the um, base, Los Alamitos base, and also we have, um, you know, the airport. And yet, you know, what is he doing for the last seven years of his leadership? He, he's not doing anything but aiding the homeless problem and, and, and fentanyl and opioids to kill our children. Lately, I've been walking the street of Long Beach, and uh, I noticed that there's a lot of young homeless population uh, aging from 18 uh, to 20, uh, 23. And uh, recently, I talked to a homeless girl who was homeless when she was 21, and now she's 23. And uh, I, I talk to her, I hear her, her plight and what's going on, and, and I ask her what, what happened. And, and she said, because my parents is overdosed on opioids and drugs, and now I'm on the street because the foster care system wouldn't take me because I'm too old. And then when I'm 18, I'm out on the street, and guess what I'm facing? Opioid and fentanyl. And this sick cycle, and then for me, to get a, a bed, that's what she said. For me to get a bed is very hard. She said it takes six months process, and I have to call every day. If I miss one day, I go back to square one, and then it's so hard for me. And I go, how can I help you? How can I help the homeless population, the younger generation? And she said, you know what? If you can just help us to get clean, 
we can't help ourselves. We're trying really hard, but no help is for us right now. So it's hard for them to get a bed. It's hard for them to get clean. The, the process and the system is so broken that it needs to be uh, uh, reformed as well. I mean, you know what? It is so sad. And then the kids are out there. And she said one of her friends, he was homeless when he was 15. And now he's 19. I mean, what are we, you know, doing to help the homeless kids? I mean, we need a nip in the butt, especially starting with the border, the opioid and the fentanyl, because it's so cheap. And then as, as well as the port, we need to stop that. Thank you uh, very much, Amy. Uh, Tim, uh, when you get to Congress, what are, what are some of your plans that you may have to address the homelessness with veterans, uh, the mental health issues, uh, the opioid uh, fentanyl crisis, uh, which is alarming yeah. across the country and killing a lot of kids? Go ahead, Tim. Yeah, yeah this is near and dear to me. Um, if, if, if you know who I am, I'm a former executive in the mental health field. And I speak about this quite often. And I initially will say, while we have, we're housing illegals and, and giving them resources, we should not be doing any of that while we have our homeless population increasing in this country. We have children and elderly and people with all kinds of issues that aren't getting the resources that, that are needed. And those resources correlate really with mental health. Most of the homeless will tell you they prefer, well, I don't want to say prefer. But they, they have a mental health issue, which keeps them homeless. They, they, it, it's trouble with addiction, and it's trouble holding a position in a career. So that needs to be treated, not just a Band-Aid by giving a person a house. We need to treat, treat them mentally as well. So what we need to do is open up again the institutes that we used to have in the, in the early 80s and the 70s and, and prior to that, where we treat these people. We take the people off the street. They have a bed. We treat them properly, and then when they are properly treated and, and back to health, we put them back in society. When we don't do that and we let these people go out knowing that they have mental health issues, that's the time when these people become more dangerous with addiction issues, drugs, and then, of course, you have the, the mass shootings with, with some of these people who will end up hurting people and go to schools, killing people in it as well. There are mental health issues. Take the people off the street and then and then do what you can to fix their issues there. Don't let these people go back out into the streets with without the help and help that they need. But that's what I will do going into Congress, and that's what needs to be done, and most people aren't talking about that. Thank you, Tim. Michael? Yeah, one of the things that's really important to me is, you know, how immigration and homelessness uh, tie together is we have a gap in affordable housing in this country, a huge gap, millions by millions. And so what that does is that creates opportunities for when you have illegal uh, immigrants in this country that some of those places where someone who is homeless, they're getting a social service, an illegal immigrant is, and that's taking away from an American who could be getting that service. So there's two ways to look at that. Some people look at it like, oh, that's a humanitarian crisis. We're Americans. We should take care of the issue. And then others like myself who are conservative in value, I believe in providing resources and education to the community 
for our American population, of course we want to reach out. We want to help other people. But if people are here illegally, we need to either, if they're, if they're a bad character, we need to follow our immigration laws. We need to have stricter immigration laws. But when it comes to the homelessness, we really have to start with the job. When, when it, look at the military and the veterans specifically, when they, when they transition out of the military, they come back home. Um, a job is the most important thing. Now, I did a lot of work. I worked for the governor of Virginia, helped create over 30,000 jobs for veterans. I worked in workforce and economic development. The very first thing that helps keep a family structure together is a job. So our president, Donald J. Trump, has done a great job with that, with our, with our unemployment rates at all-time low, and that's fantastic. But we need to go a step further. We need to create high-capacity jobs where our people, our professionals, our young professionals who are graduating college and who are coming into the workforce after making a huge investment into the workforce and into themselves professionally, that there's a high-paying job for them. A lot of times right now, students get out of college with an astronomical amount of debt, and it's a burden on them. It's a burden on their family. If, they have, you know, if they're a single-family home and they have a child or they're a, you know, a young family and they have children together, whatever their specific circumstance is, if they can't get a high-capacity job, that's going to create a burden for them. So what I want to do in Palm Beach County and District 21 here in Florida is I want to provide opportunities and attract businesses to create opportunities where people in the community can stay in Florida and work in Florida and we can start to eradicate the homelessness problem. Because if you don't have a job, then guess what helps after that? Behavioral issues usually come with that, depression, anxiety. And then when you have depression and anxiety, then you go to the doctor and you get a pill or you get you know, you get hooked into alcoholism or substance abuse and see the cycle just continues on down the road. But if we can give people jobs and I think our president's doing a great job with that. Also with the prison reform, that's a great initiative that the president is really getting behind. When people pay their debts to society, guess what? If they don't have a job, they're gonna go back to commit the crimes because it's survival. People are going to work to survive. So when it comes to homelessness, it all starts with employment opportunities. Michael, thank you very much, uh, and thank you, Tim and Amy. You know, I, I want to add something to Michael. I mean, that is perfect. Uh, yes, we do need to create jobs for the homeless uh, and bring back in the institution, the mental institution, because we need to take care of them, too. And uh, nothing is addressed, and I completely agree with two other guests on here. Uh, you know, what we were planning to do in my district as well is to incentivize the business community to hire uh, homeless vets so that way they can get an incentive, a tax write-off. So if they hire one vet, you know, we take care of one vet, get them a bed, and then get them a job, then two vet, get them a bed, a job, then three vet, and on and on. And that's the plan because we have laws already in place. We just have to enforce it and to make it happen. And that's what uh, our job, you know, if I get to Congress, we're going to implement the laws that already, they don't need more laws. And then we need to get rid of laws that is hurting the American people. Thank you, Amy. I just want to share uh, a part of this uh, conversation uh, because I've been affected by all the things uh, that we just mentioned. Uh, I've been homeless. I've been incarcerated. Uh, I am a former addict, substance, substance abuser, uh, mentally uh, illnesses, uh, you name it, I've done it. I am blessed by the Most High to have the opportunity to be on this show and to be here today 
to talk about my experiences and also what I think as a patient or as an ex-felon, what I would like to recommend to all three of you when you get in Congress. Because you all have great ideas, but unless you've sat or been in the position of all those things, it's very challenging for you to come up with a comprehensive way on how you're going to solve these problems unless you are in that position. Now, we talk about mental health, but we never talk about how we're going to address mental health. We need to address it, first of all, in the educational system. There are children with mental health problems that we don't address in education. As a result, it festers when they get on by self-medicating through drugs, through alcohol. Now, even in my situation where uh, I was highly uh, highly intelligent, uh, highly achievable, however, I had mental issues when it came to insecurity issues. So that led to my early age of of you trying to self-medicate myself, but if there was something in the educational system that could identify this in people that just because they got A's and B's in school doesn't mean they have challenges, uh, we need to start looking at that at an early age with mental challenges with kids or behavioral issues and address it there. Then from there, even in the prison system, there is nothing really in place to address mental health when you are in these institutions. And, and Tim, uh, uh, you know, alleviated to it earlier when he talked about how in the 80s, 70s, we had all of these programs in place to assist mental health. Now it's out of control with not only the mental health coupled with the drug abuse, coupled with homelessness. Now, now it's out of control. So, you know, we're going to have to nip it in the bud, I believe, on an educational level and then build it up from there because we have to try to get to our children first and identify these problems before they become adults. So I'd like for all of you to consider that in all of these aspects, that mental health is a priority, but it's a priority when you're, when you're offering counseling for addiction. It's also a priority when you're offering reentry for ex-felons because even though you want to provide them with a job, you have to be able to make sure that they're able to mentally adjust in society and also within themselves. That's got to be the priority. Just giving somebody a job and house is not going to make them whole and better when you have mental health issues. So I'm glad that we had an opportunity to talk about this, and, and I hope that when you guys get in Congress, uh, you will try to work on that through the educational system and try to make sure it's in place in all the other institutions where it's we're supposed to be serving the public good, whether it's hospitals, whether it's in governmental agencies, schools, or what have you, and then we could work on uh, the uh, drug addiction coupled with the mental health, and then we could prevent homelessness. Because even homelessness, as Tim said, is a mental health issue. And if we don't address mental health, we can't address uh, all, all of the others. Um, the next national You know what? Issue. I I completely yeah. agree with you. Uh, do you mind if I interject no. a little bit on that? No. Okay, no, perfect. Uh, no, I'm sorry. So, so what I no no not a problem. So what I see is the breakdown of family. That's the issue that needs to be addressed. The breakdown of family. Uh, baby boomer, right? Back in the baby boomer, and then they produce a hippie movement, right? Love, sex, mm-hmm. and rock and roll, and look at the kids they produce. 
and now look at the millennial. I mean, they are so lost. Um, so I believe that if we can protect the family unit, give them the resource they need for family, encourage them to stay together, getting programs to actually aid family to stay together and the father figure to be in the household. And then, of course, mental illness, you address within that and give them the resources. Because you know what? With our society, the breakdown of society, then they come insecurity. Then they come, you know, with all this confusion, especially with education right now in California. They're trying to sexualize our children as young as kindergarten. Masturbating, oral sex, anal sex, what the heck is going on? You know, why they, they get the most funding from federal for, toward education, and yet they're trying to sexualize our children. And you know how confusing that is for a kindergarten to learn all those things? And imagine their insecurity and their mental health. This is insanity. This is child abuse. This is mental abuse of a child. You see the breakdown of education, the breakdown of family, and now look at what we produce. Kids that are so lost, so confused, so suicidal, so depressed. What, what do we expect? You know, if a society, we don't value God anymore. We need to bring God back to the society. We need to bring morality back to the society. We need to bring respect for the dignity of life in America. If we don't do that, look at what we produce. I mean, what do we expect? We can't expect anything more than that. So now in order to change that, we need to go back to the basic. Bring God back. Bring respect back to the dignity of life. Every life matters. And then when they feel like their life matters, that they're not like an ape uh, or an accident, I think their self-esteem might be a little better. There will be less depression, less confusion. But I think that's what we have to bring back. Yeah, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say, Amy, that's a great point about bringing God back. I, I support that a hundred million percent. I was just at a uh, human trafficking event last night that I was speaking at uh, here in Palm Beach County, Florida. Is the number three state for sex trafficking. Yeah. And you're talking about a lot of these issues, behavioral health issues. It is very important to highlight that this starts with the indoctrination of our children. So when our kids yeah. are treated and trafficked and pedophiles are abusing them. <laughs> And, and they're, they're, our children are just basically under a full-blown attack. And in mainstream mm-hmm. media, they're making it seem like it's okay. If you turn on your TV, um, you know, I support everybody in the LGBTQ community. I, I don't judge people. You know, people are free to make their own choices in this world. But when our kids are subjected to these non-family value systems, then what's happening in their mind? They're starting to question, as you mentioned, what they believe in. And what does that lead to? Depression. I mean, there's kids right now who are committing suicide. I mean, imagine that, mm-hmm. a kid in middle school wanting to kill themselves. I mean, what is yeah. the world coming to and we're facing with that? That's why we have a moral obligation. And one mm-hmm. of the things I was talking about last night in my speeches, you, humans have become transactional. Um, we have organ harvesting. You know, a lot of people aren't talking about this. We have people that are, are being abused physically, emotionally, psychologically. We have people who yeah. are they're questioning their gender or what, who they are. At a very young age, a, a child's mind is developing. And when you, mm-hmm. when you introduce something to a child's mind, for, such as pornography, 
when a child is subjected mm-hmm. to pornography or they're they're exposed to pieces of information that a normal child in the development process isn't supposed to be subjected to, something happens chemically in your brain. It's a scientific reaction when you have trauma, and this is trauma, and it is a form of abuse. And so when they become adults, if whether they were trafficked or they ended up getting to prostitution or they had a behavioral health issue, and then they, they become adults, those symptoms per- perpetuate and then, then they become a draw in society, and then all of a sudden society kicks them away, even though we're the reason why it created this dilemma. We're the responsible exactly. parties. As humans, we are the ones who have done this to ourselves. That's why in 2020 election, we need patriots like you, Tim, patriots like you, Amy, and a lot of Thank others you. that are fighting socialism to bring order to this country and to preserve our Constitution. Michael, right. thank you very much. And uh, excuse me one second, Amy. From there, Michael, I want to give Tim an opportunity to uh, to respond. Michael, you've identified some issues with human trafficking. When you get to Congress, what are some of the things that you want to do to try to address that issue? And then we'll let Tim uh, respond to the human trafficking issue as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I was interviewed. Yeah, on, on the national interviews I've been doing, I've been talking about uh, sex trafficking. It's one of my major platform items. I want to be the number one representative in U.S. Congress fighting sex trafficking and labor trafficking and human trafficking all overall. And with the Super Bowl upcoming down here in Miami and South Florida, it's a 5 to 15% jump. So right now the game is on, but it's not a football game. It's a game of manipulating and abusing our children. So if we have anybody listening that's going down to Miami, going to be involved in the festivities, we need to be educating them. We need to have people in the community are looking out for the, the, the symptoms of somebody. And this isn't happening at 3 o'clock in, in, in down on Lincoln Avenue down in Miami. This is happening in broad daylight. People are being exchanged. And so the two things I want to tackle in Congress specifically is white-collar crime. We have a lot of laws in place already, but white-collar crime, I want to put – the stiffest penalties in place, if you're a politician, if you're a judge, if you're involved in law enforcement, if you're a lawyer, if you're a business owner and you're involved in this billion-dollar industry, I want to put you in jail. And this is the first way that we're going to be able to fight this system because it's not just low-level people who are out trading uh, human beings on the street. This is a very sophisticated system, and it goes to the highest levels of the government. And this is both parties. This is bipartisan. And the second way is through yeah. education. We have to educate yeah. people on what is happening. You know, this happens to all economic groups. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter. This isn't just happening to illegal immigrants. This is happening Main Street right here in USA. You know, Main Street USA, it happens as well. So we have to educate teachers. We have to, and, we're, and this is growing. We're doing a better job at this. But we have to continue to improve to provide the infrastructure so that people, if they see something at a hotel or they see something at a truck stop or they see something at the grocery store or bruises on a child, that they report it. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Tim, would you like to uh, to comment? I know there's a lot to unpack in this whole conversation here. Um, <clears throat> Tim, you got that. Yep, there you Tim, are. Tim, are you yeah. there? Sorry. Yep. Uh, so the core principle in, in my belief, and many patriots believe, you, you have that God-given right to do what you want with your life, providing you don't take away that right from another. And when it comes into something like sex trafficking, 
that's exactly what you're doing. You're taking away someone's right to the extreme. So many things, many factors go into what causes this. One, illegal aliens, people that aren't uh, documented here, they are people that are susceptible to this because we're not, we don't know who they are. And they're here sometimes without their, their guardians or their parents. Um, the, the drug business as well, as this keeps festering, which is part of mental health as well, we have people that will do anything uh, and put themselves in riskier situations to get that next fix. Or it becomes lucrative in that, in that world, and they will do these types of things. We don't value life the way we used to. We need to value that life, and we need to eliminate these factors that, that cause this. The main factor that, that, that could really help is with education. And I put together a six-point plan. You can find it on my website. It's in basebaker.com, and it's based around how we fix the education system. And one of the prongs is about mental health. And by the time a child is in the third grade, it's too late if we don't address those mental health issues. Unfortunately, a lot of these things should be handled at home, but they don't always happen that way in the way the society is, is, is these days. So when the child goes to school, now the teachers start to see this stuff in pre-K and kindergarten, first and second. If it's not handled by then, more than likely that child will grow up having these mental health issues, which makes them more susceptible to the drugs, to the mental health issues that go along with that, and to the sex trafficking. Now here in Maryland, there is sex trafficking that goes on, not as much as, as in, say, Florida um, and other parts of the country and, and other parts of the world, but we do have it. And the stories about it usually relate with the illegal alien communities in Montgomery County, which is just outside of D.C. And that's the other prong to it. So we need to make sure we attack the education. You know, we find and we find these people that need that help at that very very early age, get them on the, uh, a straight path, teach that life is important to people, and it's not just something that can be thrown away. And government is not God. And then we need to make sure that we, we don't allow these illegal aliens to come in because when we do that, we're also putting them at risk. Like I said, the, that group of people, there's a high sex trafficking population there. So we're allowing that to happen, and it's doing the illegal and injustice as well. I think if, if we can do that, we can attack this, prop, this problem. It will always be an issue in this world, but we can do much better than what we're doing right now, and that's what we have to do. Thank you so much, Tim. Uh, for those that are listening in, this is the Michael and Chauncey Show. I'm your host, Chauncey Brown. My co-host, Michael Blooming Jr. We have in the studio Amy Vaughn West running for Congress in California, Tim Faisenbaker running for Congress in Maryland, and also my co-host, Michael Blooming Jr. running for Congress in Florida. Um, let's, uh, Can I add let's something add- to that, uh, human sure, trafficking? Yeah. Sure, go ahead. Okay, so um, basically human trafficking is just normal children that usually are trafficked through this. And the pimps usually are very good at gazing and looking and see what the needs are. Usually kids who feel low self-esteem feel like they have problems in the household. So they try to look for something new, something different. And, you know, as kids, we don't know better. I remember when I was like... 12 years old, you know, think I knew, know everything, right? But yet, you know, when a family is broken, a family doesn't have that unit, that strong unit, 
that's where the the pimps are coming in and solicitating those kids. And not only the pimps, adults, but they're using junior highlers, kids, and high school kids to lure those kids to be their friend and then start saying, hey, you know, you want to make extra money, you know, all those things, and then get them into the sexual atmosphere. And then from there, there's different kind of pimps. You know, there's those, and then there's pimp where they're lover pimps, you know, and then make you feel like you're taken care of, you're loved, and then later sell you off to other men, you know. And so we have to address the family unit. I mean, that is so crucial, you know, and also address it at the school level as well. If you see any kids that are lonely or feeling discouraged, you know, bully, you be that arm, be that hand, be that feet, and reach out to those kids. You might save a life, you know, and, and it's the younger generation that is prey to, to sex trafficking and the livelihood right now, uh, as young right now, as young as those trafficking are 12-year-old kids. And their livelihood is two to three years because they're getting uh, uh, their sex traffic through uh, 30 20 to 30 men a day. I mean, how the heck are they going to survive? I mean, that's just insanity. And not only that, there's a lot of uh, boys who are trafficked as well. And so if we nip it in the butt, what's going on, bring awareness, be the hands and feet, uh, strengthen the family unit, and give the counseling that's needed, I think we can slowly... Uh, rebuilt this problem in America. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, Michael. Yes, sir. Did you want to add to the yes. conversation? Yeah, I mean, really, you know, I think we talked about those issues. Um, you know, I think, you know, what we're talking about here on this platform is something that on the Michael and Chauncey show is something that's very unique and not a lot of opportunities for candidates to have a free platform to be able to talk about issues and discuss them. So I think these kind of opportunities are fantastic, and, and we need to continue to do this in the future. Um, we do have about uh, 14 minutes left in the show, and I think it's very important that we get into uh, the impeachment conversation. Um, right now, has it's been going on since 2016, since the president, Donald J. Trump, was elected into office, when he won by a landslide, when nobody thought that he would, and he shocked the world, he won the election, he overcame a, the longest odds. He isn't a politician. He's a business owner who loves America, and he's shown time and time again how his ideas and his uh, way of doing things are with an America First agenda is supporting all of America and the world to make it a better place and to bring manufacturing jobs back to the United States. And when you have a uh, since 2018, when we lost the House, you see what's been going on. They're trying to attack us. First, it was from the Russian hoax, and now it's the Ukraine. And the, the bottom line is, is that anytime you have a trial in America, you would like to see things as balanced as possible. Give someone you're, – you're innocent until proven guilty. But in this case, President Trump has always been, always been tried in the court of public opinion – 
and he's been persecuted. I mean, one of the things I admire about the president, and I want to emulate when I come up to Washington, D.C., and I've worked up there as an investigator for the feds when I got out of the military and running the veteran program for the state of Virginia. One of the things I want to emulate is his bravery because he, when you're in a political position, I know Tim and Amy, if they get to that position as well, that when you get there that you're under the most scrutiny and you are meant to put – you're put in that place to deliver results. And when you see what's happening in Congress right now, that's the last thing that's happening, the results. They were holding on to the deal with Mexico and Canada. We could have got that done months ago, but they're too busy chasing the president. And as we see what's happening in the Senate right now, when the articles are finally released out of, you know, they were held in, you know, in, in a locked closet by Nancy Pelosi and her puppets all over the United States and in these various seats. And we got to expose them. Lois Frankel, that's who I'm running against, and I want Tim and Amy if they could talk about who they're running against. But Lois Frankel is a longtime politician. She's a Nancy Pelosi puppet. She's been in office for 30 years. She hasn't brought any jobs to Palm Beach County. She's supporting individuals who start who support BDS. I support Israel a thousand percent, and we need to win back the House in 2020 because we need law and order in the in the U.S. House of Representatives. So with that, yeah. Tim, what do you think about what are your yeah. thoughts on the uh, the impeachment, Tim? Yeah, the impeachment's a farce. I'm I'm wondering what the ratings are for this thing. I, I mean, even being a person that is. Uh, that loves watching political theater. I have no desire to watch this because it's not even remotely possible. This is all a, just a big sham. And and my congressman here, who, like I said, has been in office in different sorts for 42 years, he supports this impeachment. And the people here don't support it, and many are Democrats. And, and they don't want this to go on. But yet, out-of-touch Dutch Ruppersberger will continue to do it because he has to follow and be a puppet for Nancy Pelosi and the squad. When the squad came into power, he completely gravitated towards the Green New Deal and the whole impeachment thing. Yet, he's got his own corruption going on here. And as many people know around the country, maybe even the world, Baltimore it has become a laughingstock with, with corruption and, and crime that goes on here. And many parts of my district are what you will see on the news. Yet, instead of worrying about those things and taking care of these things, out of touch Dutch, he just goes out there and he just just says the same talking points. You know, we, we got to impeach this president. We got to impeach this president. But I challenge everyone to really think: if Donald Trump would have came out and said he were a Democrat and ran, we all know they would not be challenging him on this. They would say he's a Democrat, so we're going to do whatever we have to to keep in power. So it is time, people, if you had enough of what's going on in your districts, in Amy's district, in Michael's district, stand up, talk to the other side, let them know, hey, you don't have to be a Republican, but you know what? Don't vote for that party because they are socialists now. The Democrats who are still there, they're either so far to the left or they feel disenfranchised. Don't vote for that party. Vote for a Republican or vote for somebody else, and that's what's going on here, and that's that's why – this impeachment is going to be the downfall for that party for you know a generation or so, and I think they know it, but they don't care because I, they're going to push that message. So, and that's why this seat here will be one of the 19 seats that flip the House of Representatives. 
That's great, Tim. Why don't you give the listeners uh, your information where they can connect with you, how they can follow you on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And thank you so much for coming on the show. And then we'll follow up with Amy. And uh, thank you so much, Tim, for coming on. Yeah, sure thing. And thank you for the opportunity. America, if you've had enough, check out you know my site. Uh, we definitely can always use support in, in, in different fashions. So uh, you can find me at timfazenbaker.com. That's F-A-Z-E-N-B-A-K-E-R. You can find me on Facebook at Fazenbaker for Congress. And if you're on Twitter at America1, Tim Faze. I have a long last name, so Faze is easy to remember. Uh, please give me a shout. Let me know uh, what I can do. Let me Give me your opinions on things as well, because as a representative, it's my job to listen to my constituents and mold that message to take it to Washington. Thank you guys very much, and as always, American Kids First. Thank you very much, Thank Tim. Thank you, Tim. Well, I'll so, be Amy, brief. why don't you talk uh, about, Yeah, I'll yeah, be brief, uh, Michael. Why don't you talk about Amy? Yeah, yeah, why don't you talk so, about the impeachment and then follow up with your uh, platform for the listeners, please, Amy? That's awesome. So basically, this is a nail on the coffin for the Democrat Party. I call them a socialist left. And this is what's going to go down in history. And they're going to be a party that is going to dissolve. So um, you know what? This is a sham. As we know, they're wasting our tax dollars and our time. And they, the Democrats, should apologize to the American people that they are wasting our time and wasting our money and wasting the resources and not focusing on what is important to the American people. The health care reform, the border crisis, the homeless problem, the potholes. I mean, everything you can think of, they're not doing that. But yet they have an agenda since day one that Trump won to get rid of this president because that's how much hate they have. I mean, as a Christian, if you are a Democrat, or are you leaning toward that? You cannot call yourself a Christian. I mean, God says no hatred in the heart of a man. And yet, if you have that much hate for someone and to accuse them day in, day out, that is wrong. That's a sin. So it's time that the Democrat Party, and a lot of them I talk to, they do not agree with this impeachment. They do not agree with the squad or the AOC. They're, they are so fed up. They don't agree with it, Nancy Pelosi, with this whole waste of time. And you know what? They're actually going to vote for me. And I'm very encouraged as I walk around the neighborhood and asking for the people's vote because they're sick and tired. And I think in 2020, the Democrat will vote conservative. And you know what? This party is going to be dissolved. They are shooting themselves on the foot. But um, also to let you guys know, as our camping are moving uh, in California, we need your support. You can visit me on amyfanwestforcongress.com. Uh, we need volunteers. We need uh, support, financial support. You know what? The thing is that if you, I mean, the GOP is so broken right now in the state of California. I don't know about your state, Michael, but the GOP, if you donate to the GOP, might as well, your money wouldn't go anywhere. So the best thing is donate to a candidate that you believe in, can represent you, and that money will go farther than you would know. So right now, we need to reform the Central Committee, the GOP, and also support candidates that actually will be your voice in D.C. And thank you so much for your support. 
You can visit me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Thank you, Amy, for coming on. We really appreciate it. God bless you, and God bless Tim, and thank you for all the Americans who are listening in. And uh, have a good night, Amy. Appreciate you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless America. Hey, Chauncey. So, you know, we had a unique opportunity to uh, have a different format because of the circumstance tonight. It actually worked out pretty well. What are your thoughts? It did. We got a lot of information uh, from uh, California, what's going on there. Surprised us, but Amy uncovered a lot of the uh, things that are going on that is really a, a, a shame. It's deplorable. Uh, it's inhumane what California and the government there is doing uh, to their people. On the other side of the country, we, we have Tim from Maryland who has clearly identified that uh, they have a shot, being that for the past 20 years uh, the Democrats have failed in that district mis- miserably, and they've seen the results that. Trump has produced in the last three or four years. So I think that Tim has a lot of momentum behind him. Uh, and then we have you in Florida. You have a, uh, you have a primary challenge coming up uh, in, in March where, you know, you've been traveling all over the country and hitting the groundwork there hard. Uh, and I hope that the win is at your back too for, for your election, uh, that you can come in on the tail of the mega majority. Yeah, our our primary is in August, and I am battling uh, seven or eight people. But our our qualification is in April, so I'm sure all of them won't come on the ballot. But if they are, we really got to look at these candidates that are running and and really get them vetted. I mean, I'm involved with a lot of different Twitter groups and social media, um, and you know, people who are vetting the candidates. And in 2020, I'm telling you, a lot of these rhinos aren't going to pass muster. And they're going to get kicked back. A lot of these people right now are running on these platforms, and they, they think that they're deceiving people, but they're actually not. Um, some of the candidates I'm running against are being backed locally by the GOP. And there's a lot of corruption in South Florida. So these things are going to come out during the primary um, in, in August. And I think it's important that the American people realize the truth. We need to have more transparency in America. And that's why we need to get these impeachments done with this investigation into the Senate, we need to get this thing closed out, and we need to get back to the business of, of America and our president can, can focus solely on the important things that, such as immigration, health care, uh, foreign policy, uh, eliminating domestic terrorism in our country, all these different core issues, the opioid crisis, uh, human trafficking, all these core elements that we need to be locked into. Um, but on the other hand, the Michael and Chauncey Show, we appreciate all the support with the grassroots efforts. We're definitely trying to get our conservative voice out there. You can contribute uh, to the Michael and Chauncey Show through Patreon. You can please share this message, get it out to the American people, because the candidates who are here, we're only one voice. Uh, I've had the opportunity to interact with over 50, if not 75 at least, members of uh, potential members of U.S. Congress all over the country are running to make a difference, and that's what it takes. It takes a group of patriots, whether they're elected or they're not elected, giving them a fair opportunity is the constitutional obligation of America to its people. That's why we have democracy, and that's why people have sacrificed their life for America. Michael, thank you very, very much. Uh, I want to take this opportunity to thank our guest on the show today, 
Amy Von West running in California, Tim Faison Baker running in Maryland, and also Michael Blooming Jr. running in Florida for Congress as we had an unpacked filled or very packed filled uh, topic on many issues from immigration, border security, mental health, opioid crisis, homelessness, and the like. You can join the Michael and Chauncey Show every Tuesday and Thursday from 7 to 8, where we have real people, real issues, and real talk. Here, we're always right and never left. We want to thank you for tuning in. Please join us this Thursday at 7 o'clock. God bless America, and God bless you all. Thank you for tuning in to the Michael and Chauncey Show. Please follow us on Twitter at Liberty Today USA. You can also contribute to the show on Patreon. 